What is a Community Development Financial Institution, or CDFI? And how can Opportunity Zone fund sponsors, real estate developers, and QOZB business owners leverage their local CDFIs as a capital raising resource? Find out next. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Opportunity Zones podcast, the weekly show where we interview Opportunity Zones professionals and experts from fund managers to tax advisors, from real estate developers to venture capitalists. If it impacts Opportunity Zones or the Opportunity Funds industry, we cover it here on the Opportunity Zones podcast. Welcome to the Opportunity Zones podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Atkinson. And today I'm joined by Ruben Alonzo and Emily LaCour. Ruben is president of Altcap, a community development financial institution headquartered in Kansas City, Missouri. And Emily is managing director of Equity Squared, a mission-driven impact investment firm also headquartered in Kansas City. Ruben and Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Oh, thanks for being here with me today. So today's episode, I want to focus on the role that CDFIs or community development financial institutions can play in helping opportunity zones reach their full potential. But first, Ruben, I'll pose this question to you for our listeners out there who may not know, and and for myself included, what is a CDFI exactly? Yeah, CDFI, like you said, stands for Community Development Financial Institutions, and they uh, CDFIs are private sector financial institutions with a mission purpose to increase uh, the deployment of capital to what are considered low income or moderate uh, or low to moderate income communities. CD5s come in kind of various forms. Uh, they could be a bank, a credit union, a loan fund, which is what Altcap is. We're a uh, 501c4 loan fund, uh, but there are also venture capital funds as well. So we at Altcap primarily focus on bringing capital to underserved communities and, and small businesses, providing them a very flexible, patient uh, debt, debt financing to support investments, development of the business, um, uh, but also real estate financing for um, real estate developers and, and uh, real estate development projects, and even some nonprofits. And there's quite a bit of overlap between the new markets tax credit program and and the opportunity zones incentive and in, you can actually in some cases combine the two or kind of stack those two incentives is that right yeah i mean they're both very place-based incentives and tools to to really stimulate investment in in again uh, low income or economically distressed communities New Markets Tax Credits, which is a, a program that we use at Altcap to bring capital to communities that we serve, is is more of a debt financing product. And most CD5s uh, work with kind of debt financing um, tools to support um, investments in communities, uh, whereas Opportunity Zones is a equity-based financing tool. Right. So I, I kind of understand how you bring the debt financing in on the NMTC side, but on the Opportunity Zone side, how are you achieving that? How are you bringing in equity to these Opportunity Zone funds? Yeah. Well, I'll start start off by saying that um, we created Equity Squared um, to do just that. And I'll let Emily kind of talk about you know, how she's using the Opportunity Zone tool to bring equity financing to uh, the communities that we're looking to stimulate investment in. Sure. Yeah. Well, definitely building on Altcap 
success helps since we are a new firm. You know, we launched in July of this year. And so really having this suite of services that allows us to expand what AltCap has been doing um, in otherwise overlooked markets is, is super helpful to us. And Opportunity Zones are a great tool for opening the door to impact investors, right? A lot of people are interested in, in them as a tax incentive, but maybe they're not as familiar with CDFIs or, or the work that they've historically been doing and impact investing in general. So Opportunity Zones are a really good way to start those conversations. So what we're finding is that, you know, a lot of potential Opportunity Zone investors that we're talking to are very interested in, like Ruben said, a place-based uh, investment so these are people who perhaps have had successful businesses of their own and are interested in, you know, now that they don't, now that they've sold their business or they've retired or are doing something else, they're interested in still investing in a community where they've seen the power of job creation. So operating businesses are a huge piece of our strategy. And real estate is also a component. But on the operating business side, you know, Opportunity Zones really speak to a place-based legacy building uh, mindset. And so by targeting impact investors who care about those things, we're really able to open the door on conversations about what we want our communities to look like and what thoughtful investment looks like. And by working with other community organizations, because of you know AltCap's longstanding role in our community, we have a great network with neighborhood leaders and um, you know civic organizations, elected officials, and, and really just small business owners and and overlooked communities. So so really kind of pulling all those different pieces together allows us to have a very real conversation with investors about what their dollars are doing on the ground. And it removes the abstract piece of this and makes it very tangible when we're talking about investing in people and what that means in their daily lives. Good. So I want to back up a minute and ask the, the big overarching question that I kind of want to focus on during the course of this episode which is, and you've hinted at this a little bit, both of you, but, but what role can CDFIs play in really helping Opportunity Zones reach their full potential? I'll start with, uh, by answering that. Um, AltCap, for the last 10 years, we've been actively uh, identifying opportunities to, to bring capital to the communities or, or businesses in what are essentially have, have been Opportunity Zones. They just didn't, weren't officially called Opportunity Zones. Uh, and I mentioned the the New Markets Tax Credit Program. That's a federal tax credit program that we've started out using uh, to finance businesses, uh, finance real estate development projects. Um, so that that ten year history, that ten year track record of, of identifying these opportunities, uh, finding businesses, and finding ways to finance businesses, you know, really I, I feel gives us you know a strong track record, strong expertise to uh, essentially continue to find ways, find businesses, find projects that we can um, you know, bring equity financing to support, support those investments. So AltCap, as a CDFI, with New Markets Tax Cuts, we've, we've financed close to $250 million in investments in, in Kansas City, Missouri. These are all um, you know, job-creating businesses, catalytic real estate development projects, even some nonprofits that provide critical goods and services to um, to uh, the communities that we serve. So um, that's just a great kind of foundation to start with and, and, and to use to figure out, okay, you know, how can equity financing, you know, increase our ability 
to uh, to bring capital or to uh, can make investments in 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 low income communities or economically distressed communities, uh, and do it in a way that you know we're, we haven't been able to do with new markets tax rates or any of our other kind of CDFI lending activities. Yeah, and I I would build on that by just highlighting that that all cap track record works in both directions for Equity Squared, right? So on one hand, it lends credibility to investors who um, are familiar with AltCap or can look at their $250 million you know, portfolio and see the success of those projects with a less than 1% default rate and you know, feel confident in deploying capital. But on the other hand, it also really works um, in building trust with small business owners, right? So so the businesses that I'm talking to who are making up the majority of our pipeline, they've worked with AltCap before, and they know where our heart is, and they can trust us. So I think that, you know, really on both sides of the equation, AltCap's track record or CDFI's track record could be beneficial in this way. That's a great point that Emily makes uh, because for her company that's just starting out, you know, we represent a really valuable pipeline of potential um, projects or businesses um, that she can immediately consider, and we can find ways to bring her into potential transactions where debt financing could be a part of the the overall capital stack, but also equity financing through Equity Squared uh, could be just as critical, just as valuable in terms of closing those financing gaps or or providing that you know that patient capital to that business that's that's looking to make uh, you know some sort of significant capex investment in their business or, or you know some sort of uh, you know um, going through some sort of growth growth stage where they need uh, need that that kind of patient capital. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, in terms of being uh, mission driven or not a profit maximizing firm, just an overall sharing of physical as well as intangible assets is super helpful, right? So. So I don't need to buy a printer and find my own office space. I can put my resources towards, you know, impact because I have AltCap and and all those associated resources. Right. So AltCap sounds like, I think what you're getting at is that they have already laid a lot of this infrastructure in place and they already have the relationships with a lot of the community leaders that are, that are going to drive these impactful investments. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there are, approximately 1,000 CDFIs nationwide. Do you suspect that other CDFIs are are getting into the Opportunity Zone space in similar fashion? Well, we were at the Opportunity Finance Network uh, National Conference two weeks ago in Washington, D.C. It's a, it's a great, you know, organization. And there were, you know, pretty much all of those CDFIs were in attendance. Ruben, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but there was there were a lot of CDFIs in attendance. Um, we spoke on an Opportunity Zone panel. There were there were two other CDFIs represented on the panel, um, and quite a bit of interest in what we were talking about. We had really good attendance, despite being on the very last day at the very last session of a three-day conference. Um, and so I think there's certainly interest, but the fact that there were only three CDFIs speaking on this panel out of that you know, huge number in attendance really, I think, gets at um, how this is kind of a new model and what we're doing is, is pretty unusual in the space. So talk to me about what you're doing exactly and, and why it's unusual. Have, have the two of you partnered to set up a qualified opportunity fund? And, and what does that look like exactly? What is, what is the structure of that? 
Sure. So we are about to launch, and um, structurally, Equity Squared is a subsidy of all cap, but more importantly, all cap can invest alongside or any you know CDFI, for example, with new markets tax credits could invest alongside QOF in a QOZB. And that's a really productive structure, especially if they're already, if those entities are already, you know, mission aligned and sharing other resources. Yeah, you know, I think there's there's definitely interest for AltCap to um, to potentially invest in in some funds um, that Equity Squared would create. I mean, certainly we're trying to leverage the relationship that AltCap has with investors to bring them into um, these opportunities with with Equity Squared and. You know, AltCap. We've been increasingly looking to source capital from from various investors. So we, we've we've got some relations that we're starting to develop that can easily be leveraged to um, to support um, you know a fund that Equity Squared uh, would be creating to invest in businesses or, or real estate projects. Right. It, 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 do you suppose this is something that that Opportunity Zone fund sponsors or real estate developers or business owners of QOZBs may be able to tap into as a resource these local CDFIs, CDFIs that are that are local to to them in in their communities, in their in their cities and and counties. Is is that something that you would advise people potentially looking for capital, possibly turning to their local CDFI? Wholeheartedly, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's a certain level of trust here, um, you know, especially how the OZ. Incentive has been kind of rolled out with, um, you know, not um, not all the guidance and uh, not everything being kind of um, tightened up from a, I think, just kind of a regulatory framework. But um, so I think there, yeah, there's there's a significant amount of trust, and that, that's something that we're, you know, we we wanted to tap into is kind of that that local market, not just from uh, you know um, identifying investors and sourcing investment capital, but uh, I think it just plays into again our local expertise, local understanding of, of um, these markets uh, that are essentially um, now designated as opportunity zones, um, really understanding kind of the, the, um, the different opportunities there that exist, whether it's a business or a real estate investment. And, and building on that, you know, I think CDFIs, and, and they're all very different, but overwhelmingly CDFIs have you know, underwriting criteria that really um, favors looking at a wide variety of deals that maybe traditional lending institutions wouldn't look at. And so for that reason, I think, you know, any QOZB would uh, benefit from reaching out to their local CDFI. No, that's a good point. I, you know, I've heard that oftentimes the traditional, at least in real estate and possibly in business as well, I, I think the traditional financing model Kind of the rules kind of get thrown out the window, so to speak, when you put a business or a real estate project in a in an economically distressed community. A lot of the numbers don't oftentimes work, so possibly that's where the CDFI can fill in that in, in that gap. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean we we are very um, comfortable and, and used to and have a track record of of you know structuring very complex um, financing structures and, um, you know, capital stacks with, you know, different forms of capital. And um, I think that that will serve us well in terms of now um, trying to expand our financing options and um, capabilities to now include 
um, equity financing through through the Opportunity Zone incentive. Excellent. Emily, turning to you now for a moment, part of what Equity Squared does is to fill in that equity financing gap to some of these Opportunity Zone projects and and other investments. Uh, what what other services do you provide, though? Do you, you, we were speaking earlier about uh, how you provide fund administration and, and compliance services. Can you talk a little bit about that and 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 who you're potentially servicing? Sure. Um, well. So because we were formed um, as an affiliate of a CDFI, we're, we were very thoughtful in how we structured our services to complement what AltCap is already doing. So that makes it really easy for us to just provide some, essentially some back office support to other CDFIs looking to do something similar. So, you know, your audience knows very well that in the Opportunity Zone space, you know, all of the portfolio reporting and periodic diligence to ensure, you know, opportunity zone qualifications are met and all of that ongoing standard compliance and record keeping, that could be really burdensome um, to a lot of CDFIs. And so because we already have all of our, you know, back office structures in place in terms of legal and compliance, it's really easy for us to just step in and provide fund administration. So if the CDFI, for example, had projects and they wanted to do something in the opportunity zone space and launch a fund, they wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel. We could step in and provide that piece. They could match local investors and we could help them with some of that, um, you know, outreach, but really just take care of all of that not sexy back office stuff that can get really expensive really quickly. So we do that along with the funds that we launch, which are both single and multi-asset funds and, you know, have a variety of structures. Great. And to both of you now, I'll pose this question. What have been some of your biggest challenges in the Opportunity Zone space so far? So I'll, I'll start. I think, um, you know, I think that there's, uh, there is some ambiguity, but there's also a lot more perceived ambiguity around the legislation than actual. So I, I think, you know, getting investors who um, see the benefits of the tax incentive, but maybe are waiting for, um, you know, some final guidance and, and finalized regulations to come out. I think that that ambiguity has not served us well as a market. So just, you know, addressing that and being very transparent with potential investors and uh, and how we see that and really valuing the input from, you know, our legal and compliance teams and relying heavily on them. And another another piece that's been interesting is, you know, when we were in D.C. at that conference, we we met with, uh, you know, Senator Tim Scott and Cory Booker's offices to talk about this. And so now, like <laughs> having conversations with the folks who who drafted the legislation, it's super helpful um, to run questions by them. And so I think that 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 actually has addressed a lot of those concerns. And Ruben, what about what about you? What have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced so far in this space? Yeah, I, you know, I think just the way the the legislation, the tool has been kind of rolled out, um, just not having that immediate clarity with you know with some of the aspects of, of the incentive. Um, but I think you know we're we're still in, in a good position. I think really just kind of differentiating, um, you know, equity squared and what we're offering. Uh, with the opportunity zone, but also just from an impact investment perspective, 
um, to to potential investors is you know, to me has been the biggest challenge. And um, but you know, I think there's just there's just a certain learning curve and just certain um, education and um, that's just required with uh, with presenting you know this type of a new new investment option um, to potential investors here in our market. Yeah, def- definitely been a learning curve. Go ahead, Emily. If I if I just may add one other kind of piece of this that Ruben and I were actually just speaking about earlier today, um, you know, I think that there's because of how the legislation was maybe rolled out or some of the initial uh, projects that were seen in the market, which were perhaps in the pipeline already and they're not prioritizing impact, and you know, this this commentary around a lack of guardrails on on the legislation. There's there's a lot of community distrust around opportunity zones. And so in some ways it's, um, you know, seen as kind of a cure for everything as opposed to one more arrow in the quiver and one more, you know, just incentive, but, but really using opportunity zone funds and not, um, not being associated with perhaps some of the more extractive investments is something that we're working hard um, on in terms of, you know, working with communities where we're investing. No, I think you're right on about that. This is just one more tool in the toolbox, one more arrow in the quiver, as as you say. It's not the uh, it's not the be all end all solution to, to to all of our nation's problems, right? Um, Emily, I want to hear a little bit more about your meetings with uh, Senator Scotts and Senator Booker's offices. Uh, what what were your big takeaways from from meeting with those folks? Yeah, so um, you know. That was my first time, uh, you know, in an advocacy role on Capitol Hill. So I really didn't know what to expect. And, you know, surprise, surprise, people are just people, right? We had a very honest conversation about some of the challenges we're seeing. And they were very responsive. And they wanted to know how we were actually implementing this and, and what our hurdles were. So it was they were both very real conversations. And I left very impressed by their, you know, legislative aides and um, feeling like they really want to get this right. You know, um, they want to they want to do good with the legislation and be thoughtful with it. So that was great. And, um, you know, I was there with uh, representatives from uh, other CDFIs in the senator's districts. So it was interesting because, you know, they were there advocating for CDFIs and, and various allocations, but um, I was there advocating for CDFIs as an avenue for really implementing this opportunity zone, you know, legislation to its full potential. So it was uh, interesting to hear what CDFIs in their jurisdictions were were doing as well. Yeah, that, that that's great. That must have been that's interesting to hear that they were so responsive and I'm, I, I hope, uh, I hope they do continue to refine this incentive. So it, it ends up working out. Uh, it's, it's good that they have open ears and they're listening to, to folks like you and, and others around the country who are actually putting this into practice. It's one thing to write a, a sweeping tax policy bill. It's another thing to actually see it in action. And, uh, and, uh, it, it, it can, it can take some work to, to iron out all the kinks. So we're still in the the early days here, as I like to say. Yeah, and they both just, you know, made it really clear that getting the legislation passed was a great first step, but that's not the end, to your point. That's exactly what they, you know, articulated. Yes, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Well, Ruben and Emily, this has been great. Thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time and 
thanks for sharing your expertise and your experiences with us. Uh, before we go, where can our listeners go to learn more about AltCap and Equity Squared? Yeah, AltCap, uh, www.alt-cap.org. Uh, and then Equity Squared's website is Emily. <laughs> uh, e and then the number two, investing.com. And that, that's also our Twitter handle if you want to follow us there. Excellent. All right. Well, for our listeners out there, I'll have show notes on the Opportunity Zones database website for today's episode. You can find those show notes at opportunitydb.com slash podcast. And you'll find links to all of the resources that Emily Rubin and I discussed on today's show. Emily and Rubin, again, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That's it for our show today. A huge thank you to you, our listener. If you liked this episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. The Opportunity Zones podcast is produced by the Opportunity Database. Visit OpportunityDB.com to learn more about Opportunity Zones and Opportunity Zone Fund investing. You can learn how to subscribe to this podcast and read more about today's guest in the show notes by visiting OpportunityDB.com slash podcast. And we'll be back soon with another episode.